Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Baker from SteeringWheelNation.com, and this is CartCast. What is CartCast, you may ask? Well, it is a monthly podcast about cart racing. And cart racing obviously has several different uh, iterations or divisions or types. And we are going to focus in with this podcast on four cycle sprint road race and dirt carts. Now we're not going to exclude the two cycle set. Um, I love two cycle karting, uh, but we're not um, cart chasers does an amazing job with their coverage of two cycle karting. Xander Clements and his team are amazing and they have set the bar very high for uh, video coverage and they do a great job with that. That's their area of expertise. And of course you got uh, Rob Howden and eCarding News that does a lot with that. And so we're going to focus mostly on uh, the four cycle part of it and, you know, sprint road race and dirt. And we're now you may say, well, how are you going to get all of that into a monthly podcast? Well, here's the answer. We're, <laughs> we're going to do one monthly episode but we reserve the right to do some bonus episodes in between. Um, this is monthly for the moment, basically. Like any brand, you have to start somewhere and then you see where the audience reacts positively or negatively and you kind of go from there. And there is no way that in one podcast a month we can do justice to, um, you know, all of the potential content that's out there. But the dilemma that, that we have is that the, the series themselves and the tracks and promoters that hold these events don't generally produce very much content of their own. And so it, it really becomes a situation where we are, you can you can kind of look at CartCast as being a mini brand um, or micro brand within the Steering Wheel Nation ecosystem, and, and we have uh, a couple of different forms of motorsports that we're we're kind of going to uh, follow the same model with, where we start with a monthly podcast and then you know start adding bonus episodes where they're warranted, and um, if the audience receives us and interacts with us and, and, you know, we can see that, uh, people are, are kind of growing with us and, and running with us and supporting us, then, you know, we, we'll be able to, to, to do more. I would love to see this turn into, um, a, a semi-monthly, which is every two weeks. And then we will, by the way, also have, uh, as we go along, we've got, of course, our Steering Wheel Nation magazine, which will, that's quarterly. And that's where you're going to see, we, we can't recap every race that happens, of course, but you're going to see some, um, you know, some of the, the more detailed or more in-depth recaps um, are going to take place in the magazine because it's easier to be more in-depth written uh than it is to be more in depth through an audio piece that would drone on for two hours <laughs> about one race if we wanted it to. So um, we've got Steering Wheel Nation. I've purposely, my team and I have purposely built basically every form of 
media possible. Now, we're, we're kind of light on video content right now. That's coming. That is kind of another whole step that um, is being planned right now to, to introduce more video. Um, we're working on it. And uh, as this year goes on, you will start seeing more video pop up. But we are trying to kind of crawl before we walk here. We, uh, I'm interested in first making sure that we're getting a variety of different types of content. And, and we are feature driven. We are not a, a media that focuses on the day-to-day breaking news stuff, though we will you know, have some of that. We are mostly uh, grassroots racing focused and sort of the um, lower to mid-levels. So we want to do some sports car stuff, first of all. Um, For example, we are going to be more focused on some of the series like NASA or, you know, bringing coverage of series like that, World Racing League. Uh, You know, the, the Mazda spec, Toyota's got a new series that's starting Um, You know, we want to talk about some of that stuff because obviously there are forms of karting that sort of branch off uh, where the drivers go, you know, into that side of it. Um, I love the USF juniors, the F4, you know, the open wheel kind of road to Indy stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about that this year um, with Steering Wheel Nation. We, We want to try to grow an ecosystem of content from across a lot of those areas, some of which don't really have much content of their own. Um, and carding is about the least content heavy, uh, you know, of, of, of any series. And that's a shame because um, those of you who are listening to this, who are racers, you know, or, or, you know, race team owners or, or, you know, you build, motors or tire, you know, tires or whatever, um, or chassis, um, you deserve the coverage the same way everybody else does. Um, and there aren't, there aren't, there isn't too much, not nearly enough. I'll put it like that. So we're just trying to do our part and we're trying to, to kind of bring to our community, which is sort of the hub of the future for us is our community. Um, and we're going to explain what the community is. I'll explain that at the end of the show. Um, the subscriber community is opening on Monday and we have partnered with what is without a doubt, the most revolutionary content distribution platform in existence. It is there's it. Nothing's even close. Um, it is social entertainment done right. And we're going to, we're the first motorsports entity on it. My goal is to create an entire motorsports ecosystem on this platform. So instead of 800,000 general users like they have now in communities um, of varying types and varying industries, I want to see 800,000 motorsports folks on this thing because then everybody that's involved from the the kart racer to the nascar racer if you're on the community with 800,000 plus other people the way that this platform is set up um the the value of that of being a part of that ecosystem and being able to to interact with 
that that large audience is enormous and that's what, I, what one of the things when i started steering Wheel nation i wanted to create a community because there is strength in numbers and if if there's 800,000 people that are all sort of interested in the same thing like motorsports for example then um the value to a company for sponsorship of what you're doing if you can then market to them as well as to yourself or to your own followers um if those sponsors can engage that's the value so uh, we'll talk more about that at the end of this show first of all we're going to hear from scott heath uh, next scott is the manufacturer of the brand new roll speed performance skull dragger chassis and um, it is a chassis that is specifically made for road race and for uh well sort of let's just say four cycle um in road race applications four cycle sprint and road race road courses and it scott has had tremendous success with this out of the box and not just with him on it but others as well and uh it is the most unique chassis in terms of its design and its components that we've seen in the karting industry in a while so i'm i'm excited about what scott's doing and scott was uh scott sort of saw what what we were doing with steering wheel and the magazine and um this uh podcast and the community and was among the first to say you know what i want to i want to support you in this and so um we we wanted to uh let you hear from scott as one of our major supporters but also as someone who is um doing something new with uh cart chassis and um I'm excited for you to to hear about that. So uh, Scott's coming up and then we'll hear from Keith Champagne on the program as well from Cart Lounge, who is um, obviously the four cycle. I consider him the expert of four cycle sprint and road race karting as far as media goes. Um, and uh, Keith and I uh, have known each other a long time and been great friends for a long time. And um, he's been a racer of of carts uh as have i but he was good at it um and so i'll tell you a little of my background later too just because i know a lot of you don't really know me that well and you kind of wonder who's this guy that showed up in your feed um and he's got a magazine in the community so it's it's right that 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 you know you should hear about um my story because it informs my perspective on why i really want to see grassroots motorsports grow and have much more of the correct promotion and attention than what it's getting currently um and so um but keith is uh keith and i are collabing on several uh things throughout uh, the year and uh you'll hear from keith later on as well as we preview what's happening with the wk in jacksonville and what's going on in uh road race karting and of course um then we're going to have our first bonus episode next week, and we've already got uh, Derek Wargo from the Junior Series is is going to be a guest on that show, and we've got another uh, interview with uh, a major uh, player in the Dirt Series uh, coming up next week as well. So we're going to do, uh, and, and hopefully we'll get Keith back on to review Jacksonville a little bit and talk about um, some of the big events coming up um, and from there. So... Um, we're saying it's monthly, but we know we're going to, we're going to do multiple episodes. We'll do some written stories as we go. Um, so we are going to work with, uh, Keith and cart lounge on, 
uh, projects throughout the year, but uh, we've got our own community that we're launching, um, and we're excited to tell you about that later in the program. All right, so um, let's hear from Scott Heath from Roll Speed Performance here on CartCast. Our very first official guest on the new CartCast is Scott Heath. Scott is uh, a veteran racer who has a brand new chassis that uh, is on the market now. Um, started uh, last year, I believe, and uh, it's uh, his company is Roll Steer Performance, and we're happy to have uh, Scott with us. And uh, Scott, first of all, um, got a big win at Daytona. Now, that begs a few different questions from me. First of all, congratulations on the win. Welcome to the new CartCast. Talk about what it's like to actually race on the Daytona Rolex track in a go-kart. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think just that prestige of it is why we do what we do i mean i've run the the dirt for years and years and years and i've always you know heard them over there racing but never really got involved and then uh you know when we decided to do it it was uh you know pretty special and just definitely something to be proud of uh not only competing in it but um actually being you know I, I won the last year's race and then this year's race also. So we've won it two years in a row. And um, last year we was the only guy to win uh, on the dirt race and the big track. Oh, wow. Uh, in the same year. So and I'm not so sure if I'm not the only guy that has ever done that but that's pretty cool accomplishment too yeah very much but uh even cooler is the fact that this year you won that race on your own chassis that has to be a little bit of a an additional um kind of boost and um it, and makes it even a little more fun that you built something and took it to daytona and won with it yeah i think it it means a lot um i think a, a even more important stat is um, for the big 375 race, um, my carts had eight out of the top 10 positions. Oh, wow. Um, so there was only two people that finished inside the top 10 that wasn't on uh, my cart. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, I mean, that just shows not only can I go out there and get it done, but average guy buys a cart. And, uh, you know, I think 63 of them took the green flag in that class. Wow. Um, and for you to have eight out of the top 10, um, in that race after one year of, of being in business, uh, I think that's a really huge accomplishment for our company. No doubt. Okay. So let's talk about the chassis a little bit. First of all, um, you've been doing this a while. What made you decide to uh, want to actually start manufacturing your own carts? And then um, part two of that question is talk a little bit about uh, what's new, what's different with your cart. What were some of your ideas? 
give us the background and and when was it exactly that you had the notion to decide to actually um you know kind of try to to do your own thing a little bit um i think the first year which is um not this past year the year before we um we rode mgm carts and you know we won daytona on those and i think i just sat back with a couple group of guys and you know just felt like i could make the cart better um you know obviously we're riding a great car and mgm has a great product but there was just some things that i felt adjustability wise and just modernizing things um we could make the cart better and i think the main thing is the front end geometry and adjustability in my opinion is just a simpler uh, product that we offer than the old school way of of every other manufacturer you know the europeans um kind of developed that um and brought it to america and then you know the american companies never really um improved on that they kind of just stuck with it and year after year after year and then you know we took some things from the dirt world and translated them over and it's been a huge success and you know it's not just me there's just so many good people that i've met along the way that you know have have helped engineer this cart and changing tubing sizes and i mean there was at least five or six test carts before we landed on all right this one's pretty good and you know that that's kind of unheard of you would think it would take 25 test carts um but when you're dealing with so many good people they've already been down that road and we just kind of jump started with their knowledge um how to make the cart the best that we could and then um the rear axle and the bearing hangers and so many things we manufacture all our own parts for um you know we get our own spindles made we get our own seat struts made bearing hangers um so there's just a lot of advantages to our cart you know we're the only cart in the industry that runs a six inch rotor you know in that road racing setup so we we cut down all our turning weight um just a lot of thought processes go into it and then when we go to the sprint world um like we're going to be going to the gold cup we change all over and put the big brakes on it and you know just we just have we 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 tend to our customer for which direction they're going instead of just building one cart and saying here do the best you can with it so you have uh the same cart virtually for both the road racing application and the sprint application now do you have uh, uh is is this something that if i'm a dirt track cart racer is there some sort of version of this chassis that i could uh could purchase to race the dirt or are you focused on you know just the left and right stuff for right now yeah just the left and right i mean there's the dirt world where you only go left and you build an offset chassis and it's just it would be a whole nother realm of things so gotcha um it's definitely the same go-kart from the sprint world to the road race world just we have some uh, add-on parts and we just put assemble them a little bit different depending on which way you're going sounds like uh it's it's a really 
kind of forward thinking um, design compared to what else is out there, which is it's nice. It's nice to see somebody innovating. Now, you're um, you're obviously behind the wheel, but you've got a lot of other folks that are on your carts already. Uh, And as we look ahead a little bit to uh, the WK's Gold Cup race in uh, Jacksonville coming up next weekend, you're going to have uh, a fairly large number of carts uh, coming besides yourself behind the wheel, right? Yeah. So I have um, I have a guy out of Florida. Uh, his name's Wade. He's going to be riding um, heavy and masters. I'm going to be riding in the masters class and heavy. I've got Ryan Joyner from the Dirt World. He's going to come and ride this weekend. Oh, wow. He's going to run medium and heavy. Um, and then I have a guy, Kyle Bonovitz, coming, and he'll run medium and heavy also. So, yeah, we'll have about uh, five drivers. We also have a junior driver coming, uh, Stormy. So five or six go-karts will be competing in, you know, four or five different classes. So It sounds yeah, like really – uh... excited. Sounds like you're you're off to a good start this year already. What is your overall schedule um, in terms of uh, obviously trackside? You know, trackside participation is is a pretty big thing. Are you going to follow the the uh, entirety of the Gold Cup? Are you going to run any of the CKNA stuff? Um, you know, the road race. Tell us what your you know what your schedule looks like and where we can find Scott and uh, his group. Um, yeah. So. So we're definitely going to do the road race in uh, WKA, AKRA, um, the Southern Cart Club. We like to go down to Roebling, and um, I think they might do, like, um, Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, so we're definitely going to do that. Um, we're going to do the Gold Cup. Um, we're going to try to go to the CKNA Grands. Um, you know, this, there's no real – Set. We're going to go out to Topeka, Kansas, and run out there with the cart series. Um, so there's some big races that we're going to attend. There's a few races that we're going to miss um, due to the fact that we just can't hit them all. Um, I think the main ones is we want to focus on the Gold Cup this year and get our sprint program uh, built up and sell some go-karts there and then I've sold like 10 go-karts in um, Nebraska. Oh, wow. So there's a huge following that's going to go to that Topeka, Kansas race. So I'm going to pull the trailer out there and and try to support that group. Um, and then we're going to run the open wheel modified. So, so uh, we'll be at all forms of racing. <laughs> and, uh, we'll probably run a few dirt races and, I mean, I don't know. I, I know the next 22 weeks, uh, weekends is already booked for something. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's an ambitious schedule. Okay, so where, if people want to know uh, more about your cart, uh, I know you've, you've got a website that uh, is, is your website done? I know it was in process, but. Yeah, it's, it's done okay. or, or 95%. I mean, it's definitely live. Okay. Uh, very nice website, very informing. Um, Keith at Cart Lounge. Yep, Keith Champagne. Helped me produce that, um, which is a great um, 
he's a great source to kind of just help you and guide you. And, For sure. Um, but yeah, it's the only thing that's not up and going will be the online store, which is coming soon. Um, and that's more for just my customers to be able to order specialty parts and things that you can't get anywhere else um, that you have to buy from me. But as of right now, I'm, I'm on the phone with them every day, um, filling orders and, and taking care of business. So the online store is not really hurting us, but it will be an advantage to us once we get it fully finished. Absolutely. So what is the, is it rollsteerperformance.com? Um, it's roll underscore speed or roll speed. Sorry. I don't know why I keep yeah, saying roll steer. Com. Yeah. <laughs> roll speed performance. Correct. Yeah. I think, yes. I think there is another yeah. roll steer performance, but we don't want to promote them. Roll speed, <laughs> <laughs> roll speed. No, they're probably nice people. Roll speed performance. So it's roll underscore speed performance.com. Yeah. Okay. And then you've got a Facebook too, right? Yep. And that's roll speed performance. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, look forward to, uh, seeing you at Jacksonville and, uh, everybody go check out, uh, roll underscore speed performance.com. That's Scott's, uh, new website built by Keith Champagne from Cart Lounge, who, by the way, will be joining us, uh, a little bit later on in the show to, uh, talk Jacksonville and some other carding stuff as well. Um, and, uh, Scott, we look forward to seeing you throughout the season and congratulations on all the early success. That's a big venture you jumped into and you certainly have, uh, have made it work and, uh, look forward to seeing how it goes throughout the rest of the year. And thank you for your support of, uh, this show and, uh, the steering wheel nation magazine as well. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. We have Keith Champagne from CartLounge.com joining us now on CartCast. And uh, Keith, good to have you on the program and excited about uh, working with you throughout the year to kind of uh, provide some perspective and some knowledge and some discussion and uh, analysis about uh, four-cycle sprint and road race karting. And I want to start off, since we're kind of going into a week, um, it's interesting, and I hadn't thought about this until just before um we uh rolled the tape here but um it is speed weeks down in florida now of course leading up to the big uh daytona 500 and all of the nascar stuff that happens at daytona and just realizing that uh we're all going to get to be a very small part of that as we go into jacksonville to 103rd street sports complex for the wk's gold cup series round one um, so kind of fun thinking about um, the fact that um, carding gets a little bit of a, a piece of that big stage down there. So let's talk about Jacksonville a little bit. What what are you looking at right now? What do we expect? What can we expect? What's new? What's different? Get us uh, get us caught up and up to date on what you uh, see as being the the hot topics going into WK's Jacksonville race. Well. The- First off, this is the the first time that a touring series has run uh, 103rd Street, Jacksonville, the the counterclockwise direction, which is traditionally uh, what everybody has run um, that track counterclockwise. The last three or four times CKNA has been there twice and WK has been there once. I guess it's been the last three times the touring series has been there. 
uh, they've run the track in reverse uh, clockwise okay. with the chicane on the back stretch. Um, so this that's kind of become a, more of a popular layout uh, for the track the last couple of years to run it in reverse. Uh, it's a little bit more technical, uh, a little bit more challenging to drive uh, from what I've heard from from a bunch of racers. But for this race here in February, they're going back to the uh, counterclockwise direction, which is the way, you know, I've always grown. I grew to know how Jacksonville yeah. would run just with that, that long thousand foot straightaway heading into that that banked left-hander out by the out by 103rd street there and then um so so that's you know that's a change from the last few times that that series have run at jacksonville they have uh they have a, a club race there this weekend um that is a warm-up race i guess for the wk uh next weekend so it'll be interesting to see it go back to that counterclockwise direction um other than that this is the first of the Gold Cup South series. Uh, last year when WK brought the series back, the Gold Cup, it was a three-race deal. It was all in the South, uh, Charlotte, Barnesville, and Jacksonville to yeah. close it out last November. Um, and this is the uh, this year they're doing a North and the South. So they're running Whiteland in Indiana twice and then Camden, Ohio. G&J Cartway, uh, those races are in the spring and the summer. And then the South Series is, is Jacksonville twice and then Barnesville on Memorial Day weekend. Um, then we'll be back at Jacksonville this July. And uh, so so it's a new format for the, the series. They have a Grand National uh, slash North-South shootout at uh, Labor Day weekend to close it all out where, you know, the, the idea is that everybody from the North and everybody from the South comes together for one big race to, to close out the season and determine the national uh, grand national champions and all that, uh, that was going to be at Kershaw. They just announced that they've changed it to Charlotte. So had some problems oh, wow. with getting, getting hotel rooms, um, enough hotel rooms for a road race, a dirt event and a sprint event all on the same weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend in the Kershaw, South Carolina area. So WK made the the decision to switch the sprint race, the Gold Cup race, to Charlotte Motor Speedway. So I was, I know I'm getting a little off topic from from this upcoming Jacksonville race here, but I had mentioned a few times on my Cart Lounge pages that the Cup Carts race, uh, the Spring Nationals come up first weekend of March, would be the only time a Cart race would be at Charlotte. Uh, all season and now that's that's not true there will be a second <laughs> race at charlotte uh labor day weekend which will be the wk gold cup grand national so that's that that was kind of an interesting announcement uh a week or two ago from wka wow um yeah and uh, uh, you know one. for me personally i was a little disappointed i think kershaw is a really cool track and and uh, the sprint track especially and it's pretty technical it's it's tough on tires i mean it adds some different elements to to the pro to a, to a sprint race. Yeah. Uh, whereas Charlotte's a little bit more, you know, just high speed kind of cut and dry, almost kind of like a Jacksonville in a way, just drafting plays a big part of it. Right. There's, there's really only a, you know, there's a couple main passing points, just like a Jacksonville. What we'll see next weekend, everybody knows that it's, it typically comes down to the, the back straightaway on the last lap going into yeah. that left-hander and who's, who can block and who can try to get a run from second or third and, the whole race kind of boils down to that, which we'll, you know, we'll see a lot of that next weekend at Jacksonville. And that kind of the, going the opposite direction, that makes it a little 
different the clockwise direction what we've seen here the last few times we've been down there uh it's not not so cut and dry i guess where the the key passing opportunity is it, it, and there might have you know it still comes down to that straightaway going into the bowl yeah um but there's a couple other spots that some some of the top drivers can make some moves as, as well but uh, overall looking forward to to going back to jacksonville i mean we were just boy we've been down there a lot here lately yeah. <laughs> um between the gold cup uh season closer from last year in november and then went, went back there for the cup cards winter nationals the first weekend of january and now here we are what five or six weeks later and we we're going back down there so yeah i'm not i'm not mad about it i like jacksonville it's a great track yeah for sure uh it but it, it does feel like the uh the sprint carters ought to all uh like chip in and rent a great big timeshare or something because it's they're down there so much um so um something else that's new going into this race um is the actual race format itself and the way that that uh, the WK kind of operates each day. Um, talk a little bit about that because that's going to be a change from what we saw last year with Gold Cup's uh, daily format too. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the the last thing I was going to mention is the the weekend format is is quite a bit different yeah. from the traditional um, Saturday full program Saturday of qualifying heat feature and then come back Sunday and do it all over again. This is going to be different uh, this year with the Gold Cup. They're going to run Friday will be a normal practice day. Um, there's no, I don't believe there's any races or anything scheduled for Friday. Um, come back Saturday, they'll do a round of practice and then two rounds of qualifying, one for Saturdays or one for program or round one, and then another round of qualifying for round two. Uh, and then they're going to come back Saturday afternoon and do two rounds of heat races, one for round one and then one for round two. And that will be the end of Saturday's program. So there'll be no finals on Saturday. We'll come back Sunday, do a round of practice, and then two rounds of finals. Uh, one for Obviously one for round one and then one for round two. So Sunday will just be uh, practice and a couple of, couple of main events or a couple of rounds of main events. Um, the idea is to to get everybody done and, and on the road as early as possible on, on Sunday. Um, everybody's, you know, most people have to go back to school or work on Monday. And it just, I think WK talks to some people and I think a lot of people said the same thing as man, it would be, if we're going to run a three day deal and, and be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it'd be really nice to get on the road as early as possible on Sunday. And For we've sure. seen that. At some uh, cup carts races that I've been to and some other series, you know, are doing it as well. Just to try to try to make, especially when the series isn't, you're not pulling like three, 400 entries. It's not, let's face it. It's not, you know, the, a huge, you know, the USPKS type, right. You know, turnout. So let's, let's work with the people and let's fit as much into Saturday as possible. If we need to make Saturday a little bit longer of a day, then it's not a big deal. And we can come shorten up Sunday and, and um, everybody can hopefully get home at a reasonable hour Sunday night. Yeah, I so love that's, that. That's that's great, and uh, that that's gonna I think make it a lot easier on everyone. And uh, love the idea of running all the the, the qualifying and the prefinals on Saturday for sure. Uh, so looking forward to Jacksonville. So what do we know about entries going into Jacksonville? Do we know where we're at in terms of pre-entries? 
I don't have access to a pre-entry list, so I don't know exactly everybody who's entered. I have. Right. I am doing a, a cart lounge coupon code that'll get people twenty-five dollars off uh, if they pre-enter by. Trying to think of the um, pre-entry deadline. I think it's the 14th. I think it's Valentine's Day. So, okay, uh, it's K A R T L, all uppercase, is the uh, is the coupon code. And I have had a bunch of people uh, ask me for that, just as I did uh, had a bunch of people asking me for it for Daytona and and some of the Gold Cup races that we did. Good, we did it last year. So, so you know, judging just going off of that and the few a few people that I've talked to, I think it'll be pretty similar to the November turnout, which was a pretty decent turnout was, for WKA yeah. in the Grand National. I mean, most of the classes had double digit. Uh, entry counts um, like senior medium had about 18 to 20 and uh, heavy it was a few less than heavies and masters and legends both had good pretty good fields so I think we're going to see a pretty similar a similar turnout for uh, this February race Um, I mean Jacksonville is typically a draw I mean I've always said if you're gonna if you're gonna try to put on a race and in the southeast anyway for for four cycle i mean jacksonville's kind of the place to do it because you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to get some go-karts there because they have a good north florida kart club has a good a a really good following that's only gotten bigger the last couple of years Um, so you pull a lot of locals we've seen a bunch of people from the tech the eastern texas area and louisiana they've started to kind of venture out to jacksonville and some of these couple of these other tracks on the east coast so we're, we're getting some support yeah. from out that way and then we get you know uh the mgm group and a bunch of them typically come down from from up here in the charlotte area um i know that scott heath and his group are planning on yeah he's um, making it yep. i think he's got three or four people in addition to himself going to be riding uh, next weekend. So that'll be a nice little boost. I'm sure we'll see you know, Colin Warren and uh, Mo Edmondson. I, I'm pretty sure he's coming. Um, specifically, other than those guys, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you know, obviously we could go down the list and, and sure. pretty much identify most of the locals that'll be there and all that. But I think it'll be a pretty, a pretty solid turn. The only thing going against it, I, you know, one thing going against it is Jacksonville's, there's been a bunch of races there lately. I mean, North Florida Car Club runs there about every other week or every three or four weeks anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously that's their track. They can run on it as much as they want, and they get a good turnout as <laughs> right. at, at yeah. most all their events. And then we've had, you know, Cup Carts was just there in January. That race wasn't hadn't been announced at the time that WKA put out this schedule for their February. So. You know, maybe WK was was hoping that, you know, Cup Carts wasn't going to go there in January, and then they ended up coming there, going there in January. So that, that just added one more race at 103rd Street, and then of course, like we like I mentioned earlier, we were just down there. It seems like just a week ago, yeah. really. It's time November. goes by so yeah. fast, but we were we were down there in November for the to close out last year's series. So there's just been a lot of racing at the same track and, and, but it, you know, it's an affordable track to go to the it's great people to work with. So it's a popular, it's a popular place to go. I wish we had three or four track, more tracks, you know, in the same category in this, this region yeah, of the country that we could choose from, you know, that'd be, that'd be nice. It's, you know, you hate to go to the same track over and over is the point. 
yeah. that might that might hurt turn out just just a little bit but there's already been quite a bit of racing there the last few months yeah for sure um but at the same time it's a nice place to be in the month of february florida is uh oh, for sure florida is a great place to go so uh let's hope that that that's that becomes the draw and you know yeah you get a couple hundred uh, entries there that would be a great turnout for sure uh so what what is your uh what can you tell us uh give us a minute or two about uh road race uh series and uh what's going on in that world right now what have they got coming up that uh, we should be watching for and um you know tell us about uh, what your point of view is on the overall sort of health uh and and uh enthusiasm for uh the road race side of things it looks like it's grown quite a bit over the last uh, couple of years and and did really well this past season yeah road racing has they have a little bit of a problem right now it's almost become too popular <laughs> there's there's so many people coming out to these races and there's so many classes that are being offered and there's only so much time in the day to fit everybody in. Yeah. And what happens is you get like an LO206 class group that has, you know, maybe two or three other classes in with it. And you end up at some of these bigger events like like Mid-Ohio, Daytona, Pittsburgh, races like that. You end up having 100 to 120 cars pulling, taking the green flag. And wow. granted, they're, they're all they're in like three or four different classes, but it's still you still have about a hundred go-karts going on the track at once. Yeah, that's a and lot. what, what ends up happening, unfortunately is there, there's a lot of red flags. Um, yeah. there's a lot of carts out there at once. There's a lot of different experience levels. Speed. There's a lot of different speed yep. levels and, uh, incidents happen as, as it wouldn't take a rocket scientist to predict that. And some of them, are, are worse than others, but you know, the, the officials, um, always have to err on the side of caution and a red flag, you know, if, if it looks like anybody's hurt, um, a red flag's coming out. And what happens is, um, you know, the, 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 the race program gets delayed 20 minutes yeah. here, 20 minutes there races have to end up getting shortened, yep. um, which isn't, you know, isn't a good thing because people pay quite a bit of money to attend these races and, uh, they're planning on a 30 or 45 minute race and it turns out to be like a 15 or 20 minute race. So that's kind of the, that's the problem right now with road race. It's almost too popular. You know, it's, a, I guess, a good problem for the clubs to have, but you need every, you need every cart there that you possibly can get. Cause some of these tracks are like 80 to $90,000 for three days yeah. plus a, a Thursday move-in day. I mean, it's these clubs, and these organizations are cutting these tracks, really big tracks, just to be there for three or four days. And and you need every every participant and every go-kart you can possibly get to pay the bills. And so there's no real, I mean, I'm not going to be able to come up with a solution right now. I don't know if there really is one. Uh, just got to keep, keep moving forward with it. It's a great form of karting. People really enjoy it. Um, there's a bunch of races coming up here. Um, it's been quiet since Daytona, but uh, Roebling Road, uh, their WK National is the first weekend of March. So that's on the same weekend as the Cup Cards uh, Spring Nationals at Charlotte, as it has been the last few years. That's the only time that uh, Southern Car Club and WK can get Roebling Road Raceway is that, that, that one weekend. So they're locked into that right. date. But they'll still have a really good turnout down there, even with Charlotte running the same weekend. I mean, they'll have probably 40 or 50 LO206s and 
a bunch of enduros and a bunch of tags and a bunch of shifters and all that it'll be a good solid turnout there and then wk is running new jersey motorsports park the last weekend of march i think it's like march 31st through april 2nd that's a new event on the schedule uh there hasn't been a road race at new jersey in quite some time uh probably about a decade something like that wow um so i'll be interested to see how that turnout is i can't really make a prediction there but i think if I had to make one, I, I think it'd probably be a pretty solid turnout. There's a bunch of racers up in that northeast area that should come out for it. I hope the weather's good for it. And then, so WK's got their two events here coming up. And then AKRA, which is the other big series, uh, they don't start up until the first weekend of May, I believe it is. Um, and they're at North Carolina Center for Automotive Research. It's called NC Car, which is a track up near Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, okay. which is off I-95 yep. just before you get into Virginia. Um, that, that, again, that's a new track on the schedule. Woodbridge Kart Club is the host for that race. Um, it's an AKRA-sanctioned race. And carts ran there a couple of times about 10 years ago. They've made some improvements to the facilities. They've made some changes to the track um, to where they're going to be able to run it the opposite direction. I can't remember which way it goes, but there it should be a better it should be a better track than it was about eight or ten years ago when when Woodbridge ran there and WKA did. So, and I think they'll have a pretty good turnout there too. I mean, all these all these road races have been getting, you know, getting really good turnouts, but they don't get a lot of media coverage. I mean, there there's you know there's the people that run the, the series and stuff that are on Facebook and talk yeah. about it and everything, but. They don't get a ton of media coverage. We try to do some for them at Cart Lounge. Uh, we're a little bit more four-cycle sprint focused just because it's kind of in our backyard here, and there's more racing and stuff. But we try to get the road racing stuff some coverage, and, and it deserves it because, I mean, these events have a lot of people coming out to them and packed pit areas and, and packed racetracks. But like I said in my opening point sometimes it's a really good thing but sometimes it can become a problem because you, you get a bunch of red flags at times but yeah. so that's kind of the the gist on the whole world of of road racing right now well look forward to some of that we'll we'll have coverage uh through our steering wheel nation uh media as well magazine and of course our new community that's opening up uh th this this week as well um we'll we'll start uh having coverage of some of those events also and let's go back to the sprint side of things for a minute because i forgot uh, a point here just looking at my notes but um you mentioned the northeast uh and the wk road race at new jersey well um ckna has established a what they're calling a northeast series as well and um i think you are the official race director um and uh for that series right and so tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with that well the series technically opens up here the first weekend of march at charlotte that so charlotte is a uh, ckna northeast series okay. spring national points race in addition and it's to... not a points race for the south or oh, okay. their north series okay. it's just a northeast series points race so from there, um, and Charlotte's a major, you know, it's not like people are going there saying this is a Northeast race. I mean, it's right. a, it's a CKNA major. Right. Um, it's going to be like, I would expect somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 entries at that race. It's going to yeah. be really, really big, but to get back to the Northeast series. So then we go to 
Oakland Valley, um, Oakland Valley, it's not called Motorsports Park. It's something different, but it's in Cudabacville. I think it's Oakland uh, Valley Raceway Park, Park, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Race Park. OVRP. Right. Yep. Um, and that's, I've never been out there. I'm I love from New it. York, but I've never been to Oakland Valley's car track. It's about four hours probably from where I'm from in, in the state. Yep. Looking forward to going there in April. Um, and I would imagine that would, that'll be a little bit lighter of a turnout if I had to predict, um, compared to the rest of the series. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a bad turnout. I think it'll be a good turnout, but I don't think you're going to see quite as many maybe at that race as you're going to see at the next one, which is, uh, the New Jersey motorsports park. They go there the first weekend of June. That should be a, a, a really solid show there. Um, entry count wise, but the one I was getting to though is the Pittsburgh race. Um, they're going back. They're going to the uh, uh, Pittsburgh International Race Complex, the same facility that AKRA and Dark Cart have their road race at every September. Yep. But they have a kart track at that uh, facility. Uh, WK used to run there with their Manufacturers Cup Series years ago. I believe the Stars uh, Championship Series is going there this year. Um, they may have gone there the last year or two. I'm not exactly sure, but. Um, this will be the first, you know, major four cycle race and gold cup used to run there too, by the way, with the WK, right. this will be the first major four cycle race at Pittsburgh in, in years. I can't probably, I don't know, eight to 10 years. Um, just kind of seeing a trend here. A lot of these tracks are coming back, whether it's road race or, which sprint, is great. Um, after like an eight or 10 year hiatus, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, personally, and I've talked to a couple others, I think that Pittsburgh show for the CKNA Northeast is going to be a really, really well-attended event. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be as big as Charlotte or, or Newcastle, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's the third or fourth biggest CKNA race of the year. Um, Great. I could be dead wrong on that, but I think that, that, that what is it, what weekend is it here? I believe it's the last weekend of July, so the 28th, 29th, and 30th. I, I just, I feel like that's going to be a really big show, and that That'll be the end. That'll be the fourth and final uh, Northeast race for CKNA. It's a, a new series. Tony Cirillo is heading up the program. I've been uh, asked to be the race director. So um, anything that happens out on the track, I mean, that'll be under my watch. I've done some race directing in the past um, when AKRA, we had a sprint series for a couple of years um, back at around 2016 and 17. And um, I was technically the race director for those events. So I've, you know, I've called a penalty or two in my time. It's not something <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to doing exactly. But, you know, calling penalties is what I mean by that. But I'm definitely looking forward to the opportunity of of being a race director again, and especially with a with a, a series like CKNA and anything they put on. I mean, they're the biggest game in town for four-cycle sprint, have been for a number of years. So it's really an honor to be working with those guys. and and Tony Cirillo and Greg Jasperson and everybody working together to put that series on. It, it should be a really, a really good deal. And, and uh, right out of the box this season, I mean, I'm expecting, I'm expecting very solid entry counts, turnouts, you know, double digit uh, fields in most every class. Um, I think it's going to be a really good thing and I'm looking forward to it. Well, it should be a lot of fun, and it's uh, it, it, again, it's great to see more four cycle sprint racing uh, over here on the East Coast, and um, look forward to seeing how this new Northeast series 
uh, will do, and I, I agree with you. I think they'll all be fairly well attended and uh, be watching the Pittsburgh one especially to see uh, where that goes in this first year. And like I said, it's just great to see the health of um, of, of road race karting. Uh, yeah, okay, a lot of carts in the class, a lot of red flags. Those are good problems to have um, as long as you can figure out the solutions. So whether it's splitting classes up a little bit or, or whatever, uh, but, um, you know, better to have that worry than not have enough carts through the back gate. So um, that's that's a that's a, a, a situation that I think uh, probably can be solved just uh, with some clever class management there. Well, hopefully, one, one last thing on that, if that. If someone's going to try to solve it, I might be the person because I'm also going to be race directing the dark cart events this this summer at (laughs) Mid-Ohio in June, Nelson Ledges in July, and um, Pittsburgh in September. So I I do have a few ideas of of trying to to make things go a little bit more smooth to where everybody gets a little bit more track time and hopefully things aren't shortened uh, by a lot of red flags and stuff like that. So stay Stay tuned on that. I'll act, I'm 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 kind of putting on a lot of hats this year between the media stuff with with Cart Lounge and then you know working with WK and helping promote the Gold Cup series and then I'll be race directing. I guess it would be three. I'll be the head race director at three event or six events this year: three sprint and three road race. And then I will be uh, helping out as an official in some sort of capacity at the Spring Nationals uh, coming up here at Charlotte as well. So. It'll be it'll be fun, busy, and and an interesting spring and summer here coming up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully, you can keep all the hats straight and uh, and and have a good, safe uh, summer traveling around and doing all that stuff. And we look forward to your contributions here to Cartcast, and of course with Steering Wheel Nation magazine. Welcome back to Cartcast as we continue with this show, our final segment of the show. Hope you've enjoyed this first episode. And again, we will have a bonus episode that is coming up next week. We're going to try to uh, put some of those out in fairly, you know, rapid order early. So we'll give you a few uh, episodes to kind of uh, get used to what we're covering and get things established here uh, on CartCast. So I uh, hope that you enjoy that, but it is a monthly by nature. So uh, once a month, and then um, if uh, we can do some bonus episodes, we will do it. Uh, again, my my goal would be to see this become a weekly podcast. So um, if the support is there, and 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 here's here's uh, some things to consider. Um, first of all, before I even get to any of that, let me tell you a little bit about my background. Uh, just so that you can maybe understand uh, what we're doing with Steering Wheel Nation and and why. Because very much the way that that I got into the sport of racing and kind of was brought up in it um, is informing my approach and my perspective to everything I'm doing. So I was uh, born and raised in uh, Oswego, New York, which is right on Lake Ontario, and grew up in the 70s, um, started going to the local track, the Oswego Speedway, in 1973, and making a very long and fun-to-tell story a little shorter. That track, if you don't know, is the only weekly track in the country. 
that uh, still races super modifieds on a weekly basis. Those are open wheel, open cockpit cars. They are the most exotic short track car that I know of anywhere in the country and probably on the planet. Um, and they're uh, very, again, high horsepower, um, 18 inch offset. They're, they're, they're just crazy to watch. Um, and they run a couple of different wing configurations. They, they, they run a top wing uh, sometimes and a tail wing other times. Um, but that's, and, and now I need to kind of take you back to the, the early seventies a little bit to explain that um, the super modifieds at that point were pretty much run what you rung. It was, you'd see all kinds of things running at the Oswego Speedway on a weekly basis, old indie rear engine cars, um, indie roadsters, uh, upright cars that were sort of left over from the sixties. Um, you know, side engine cars, rear engine cars, four wheel drive cars. It was really, um, an amazing time in the sport. Now I will say, I don't know where karting was at that point, but seeing, um, see, having had the chance to, um, to watch through the four cycle sprint races that, uh, I did with, with, uh, WK and see, you know, the sort of, I call them throwback carts, right. Um, the lack of body work, um, you know, it's kind of like, oh my, um, you know, people actually race these. Um, and you know, I don't know, honestly, that, um, the, the seventies wasn't the magic time in the sport because, um, if you look across the sport and think about where everything was back then, it wasn't yet a major corporate sport, though at the top levels, um, you know, IndyCar was sort of starting to become that Formula One's always been, you, you got to have a country, uh, <laughs> sponsoring you to succeed in that. Um, but, uh, you know, NASCAR wasn't yet huge corporate, you know, Winston came in and kind of set the table for all of that, but, um, it was just a very different time. And so when, you know, growing up, first of all, I am thankful to God that my first impression of racing was at the track. And that matters because um, it's a very racing of any kind, whether it's carts or quarter midgets or dirt cars or indie cars or NASCAR, I don't care what it is. Racing of any kind is a very um, experiential sport. It's, it's a very... Um, it's, it's a very, it's an experience that's very, um, sensory overload, you know, at, at almost any level. I mean, and back then as a five-year-old going to see these crazy looking cars, just zoom by, you know, in, at, at what was then, you know, probably about 120 miles an hour average speed. You know, and then we get the modified sportsman that would come in. What what we now know is the tour type modifieds. For those of you familiar with those, um, and again, you know, coupes, coaches, gremlins, Corvairs, Vegas, um, you know, all kinds of them. Pintos, you know, started becoming popular. Um, you know, Colts, Dodge Colts. Any of you remember the Colt back back in the day? Um, so that's what I grew up with. I was not introduced 
to um, go-kart racing of any kind um, until it would have been the early 90s, so I'd have been in my early 20s. Um, I knew that go-karts raced. I had heard of go-karts, but I'd never seen, really seen a, a race or been to a race until that point. And, um, you know, and, and that's kind of around the same time I started uh, going to quarter midget races. And, and so I was getting kind of um, introduced to all of the developmental level or grassroots level, um, you know, foundational levels of the sport. And it just really opened my world up. Um, and, and, uh, I had the chance through some friends to, uh, race go-karts for, uh, for a few years on dirt and also, um, indoor concrete shows. We used to run, um, if you don't know what that, and I mean, most of you probably understand that what they are there, you know, you, 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 you have an, a, a, an arena of some sort and you throw Coke syrup on the floor and it mixes with the, uh, the tire rubber and, and forms the groove. Um, and you know, you, you're on that, you know, the TQ midgets run on the, their oval tracks, obviously little indoor ovals and had the chance to do some of that. And, you know, it was never obviously something I was going to be serious about because, you know, I was already working in the sport in other ways. And, um, I, I have been very blessed to have been able to, uh, manage tracks and, um, and build, uh, some series and promote series and, you know, do some, some announcing and spotting and, um, crewing and, uh, just all kinds of things. In addition to the media work, which started for me in 1988, writing for the local newspaper, and then um, started a radio show a couple of years later and have been doing a combination of those things in some form or chemistry ever since. And so this, this, this sport for me um, is, is not just a job. It's my passion and I love it. And most of my closest friends are um, involved in racing. It's, um, it's just been something I've always loved to do. And so where it comes to, and I've always been an underdog kind of person. I've always been about championing and promoting, you know, the underdog. And, and, uh, it was, it was in my earlier work with some of the lower levels of racing up there, uh, in central New York that I first met Keith Champagne, his uncle Jimmy was my first racing hero. And if you, if you are a subscriber to steering Wheel nation magazine, you saw the article that I wrote, uh, recollecting Jimmy and his career. Um, and it was the most personal article I've ever written in all honesty. Um, it Jimmy, the way that Jimmy dealt with me as a young fan, um, the way that he treated me like I actually mattered. Right. And there were some other drivers that, that kind of did the same, but Jimmy was, he was my hero. And so the way that Jimmy would, he learned my name because I would go over with the program, uh, weekly program that the speedway produced. I'd go over and get autographs in the pits after every race and would always obviously go to Jimmy and Jimmy, um, Jimmy won, <laughs> you know, a lot. And, um, 
you know, he's still the winningest driver in Speedway history and nobody will ever break his record because nobody will ever get to 87 wins. It just won't happen. Um, but Jimmy uh, would 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 sort of squat down and, and kind of talk to me eye to eye as opposed to kind of the the, you know, just standing there or whatever, where um, looking looking down at me, he would always get to eye level, which was very cool. Um, and, you know, he would always like conversate, you know, how did you like the race tonight? Did we do good enough for you? Like him and, and there was a Canadian named Warren Conium, um, that, that used to kind of do that as well with me. And, um, so it's, it's in, it's from that, that I, I kind of learned, you know, I look now at it and say, well, this is, this is how, if you're a driver, this is how you deal with fans. You know, you, you, Jimmy would go, he was promoting the Speedway and doing appearances at schools back in the 70s, right? Um, you know, and driving through blizzards in some cases, um, you know, heavy snowstorms to, to get to a, to a school um, and, and show his film about his racing and, and, you know, encourage the kids to work hard and go to college and do all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, he was, uh, he was ahead of his time. And so, you know, I've, I've kind of grown up as a short track grassroots fan. And when, and once I started doing the media stuff, um, you know, I've, I've had the chance to be, uh, a part of several magazines, which is all of that is what is, what has led to, um, my, my, the steering wheel nation magazine is sort of, um, that was, that, that was a dream that I, I kind of always had the back of my mind, but really never thought I would ever actually pull the trigger and start one. Um, and I've, I've discovered quickly how much extra work it is, <laughs> how much, um, you know, work it is that I didn't know, um, about. And we, you know, as, as I mentioned in the subscriber newsletter, I sent out, we made, um, a few little mistakes in the first, uh, with the first go around here back in November, uh, that we've we've kind of learned <laughs> learned from and, and corrected. We hope for the issue that uh, goes to print um, in in late late March. Um, we're we're super excited about uh, how to do that better this year. And so, um, you know, it's it. This is this is not just this is my living, um, but it's also a love. And in, in everything that I, that I do in racing, I approach like that young fan who just was mesmerized and would want to be the first person, you know, at the gate at the Oswego Speedway every Saturday night. Um, when they opened the gates, I wanted to be right there um, so that I could, could get to my seat in the grandstand and um, grab my burger and fries or whatever and chocolate milk. That was, <laughs> um, I still have too much of an affinity for that. I need a chocolate milk sponsor. If anybody out there knows anybody who uh, is a chocolate milk manufacturer, <laughs> send me the contact info, please. Um, but that's, that's really where, where, where I come from is, is, all of what we do here is an attempt 
Um, and when I announce a race, I'm trying to bring that perspective, that energy and that just appreciation for what the racers go through, what the racers do, and try to, um, you know, inform the fans and educate the fans that are watching or, or at the track, you know, uh, at the race, you know, what they're seeing, why they're seeing it, what it all means, um, who the, you know, who the personalities are, all that sort of thing. And that's the, the media that we've created with hard news, breaking news, you know, 12 news stories a day posted on the website kind of brand. I've been there. I've done that very successfully. Um, I'm thankful for that. We've launched um, some careers with some other young media that are currently working in the sport, including Keith Champagne um, helped him. And in, in he was um, a part of my early radio stuff up there. Um, and Keith, actually, Keith and I did a TV race together, late model race when he was, I think, 14 years old. So, um, you know, that's fun. And it's always, you know, it's cool when you can you can help somebody get started in, in the business, so to speak, because it's, you know, it's what I love to do. And I love that other younger people especially love it too and want to you know they they realize that they're probably not going to be a professional racer so let's go and you know and be a part of the sport in some other way and so um through all of that is where we are at now with steering wheel and so when i developed this brand steering wheel nation um we kind of just put the website we sort of laid it out there a year or so ago (laughs) It's not finished. It was sort of, here's, you know, we're opening this much of the, the, the headquarters, so to speak. There was always a part missing, and it was the community part. And I wanted a community where we could interact um, sort of as a group, but without having to do it on social media with all of the, the, the crap that we have to fight with and and deal with in terms of algorithms and you know people missing posts and you know well this isn't popular enough in the first hour so we're not going to show it to any more people or you know whatever um and even facebook groups have their own um you know it's it's better because it's a it's sort of a private group but it's still on facebook they own your data they own you don't know anything about you can't it's hard to market a facebook group Um, and you know, because there isn't enough data there, uh, and you know, again, you're subject to Facebook's silly whims and the same goes for all the other socials. So the inspiration behind creating a a private community is that we get to communicate with each other, have fun. I get to communicate and, and put content up and you're guaranteed to see it. And you, you can get it, you know, on your own time and, and interact with it on your own time. Um, but, but it, there's no, um, and, and, and from a marketing standpoint, and, and if you're a driver, you're a track or you're a team or you're a series, you obviously need sponsors to, 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 to grow and to, and to do what you do. Um, this, the, the community platform that we've settled on is a platform that offers you some really incredible ways to monetize and 
and offers you some tools that you can't get anywhere else. This platform, I will not go into great detail here because there's a lot I just probably can't say. Um, I've been working with them for about five months and um, working with their creative team, I think four or five months. And um, I know where this thing's going and I know it's coming and it is it is going to be incredible. And it's and it's, you know, a lot of it um, is going to happen in 2023. But um, I chose to partner with the magic uh, interactive platform out of Nashville because of what they currently offer because of the tremendous success that they've had with their, their uh, business model and their tools with the music industry and independent artists. Um, Some of the biggest have used it very successfully uh, to sell their music. Um, And it's, it's been, um, a process of uh, they wanted to remonetize the music industry. That was originally what the platform was built for. And then it became obvious that it was a platform that was amazing for anyone with an affinity for anything. So in, in our example, um, if you're into karting, if you're into motorsports in general, especially um, of the grassroots type, but we're, you know, we have shows that cover NASCAR and F1 and all that too. Um, then we, this community is for you and it will allow us to put content of all types and we can put as much as we want up in any format, whether it's audio or video or photo or, you know, a written article. Um, and it will, it will be there forever until we take it down. Um, and you can go and look at it. And basically it's almost like jumping on a Netflix, um, where you have all those movies, right? All those shows. And um, you can literally come in and hang out for a while. You know, I, I really want this to be the neighborhood bar and grill of, you know, of motorsports, especially developmental grassroots level. But again, um, all are welcome. And we're going gonna to cover as much as we can. And, and we've got some other content creators that we're talking to about, um, you know, their stuff being in our, in our, um, in our community as well. So it won't just all be me. <laughs> thank God. Um, cause even I get sick of hearing me after a while, but, um, you know, we, we really want to sort of introduce some content from some forms of motorsports that don't get much love. Karting's one of them and karting is somewhat partly self-induced and it's because the series don't promote well, none of them. There's not a single one. Um, in, on the four cycle side anyway, that promotes the way it should. And most of it is just simply because, you know, there's nobody there that really understands how to do it right. Um, and, um, and they don't really, they don't really outreach in the areas where they come in and hold a race. Um, and that's too bad because, you know, I, I work uh, a couple of big karting events on the dirt side of things. And, um, you know, people that I know from other forms of racing that aren't really big, you know, necessarily uh, involved or, or aren't involved really in karting and don't know a lot about it, have watched those and said, man, you know, there should be more of this. This is cool. You know, <laughs> karting is cool. It's almost like an extreme form of the sport. You're sitting two inches off the ground. You know, there's no suspension. I mean, <laughs> it's it's. um and it's really close racing, no matter what form it is, right? Um, and some of it's very technical. And uh, it, it really is the foundational 
like quarter midgets, or now we have bandoleras and legends cars as well. You know, karting is a foundational level of motorsports. So um, we want to utilize what we have as Steering Wheel Nation, and we're excited to be able to sort of collab with Keith Champagne and Kart Lounge, um, and hopefully we'll have some other folks. Um, I need to find uh, somebody on the dirt side of things to work with that um, can be kind of the analyst there. We're working on that now and um, have got a, someone else uh, that I hope will come in that can kind of help us with some two cycle stuff. Um, and, um, you know, and, and so we're, we're trying to kind of um, build a little team and build some content here. And so where we're at now with this podcast, right. Um, as, as episode one, by the end of the year, you know, hopefully we'll have 15 or 20 episodes at least, uh, that are, that are out there for people to enjoy and be able to interview, um, folks from, you know, all parts of the sport and really try to build karting. Now, um, with that being said, here's, here's what any media needs, especially an individual creator like me as steering wheel nation. Here's what we, you know, it, it takes for this to succeed. It takes dollars because this is my living. It's not a hobby. I don't treat it like one. I treat it like it's my, my living. And, and I spend, you know, 60 hours, 55, 60 hours a week, uh, most weeks during the year, um, doing this stuff. And so what I've, what's been happening for me over the last uh, year and a half, two years is, you know, just putting the, the thought process together behind the brand and then starting to build the brand and put the pieces together. And, and, uh, and we've got, uh, now the, the magic platform is the final piece. So I've, I've been reluctant to go to a subscription, uh, approach because, you know, everybody's used to getting stuff for free, but here's the problem. If I'm going to spend the bulk of my time working on these things and covering the things that I do, um, you know, you, you got to make money. And so it's a combination for me of advertising and also subscription. Now, this subscriber community that we have, um, this was supposed to happen before the magazine did. It just didn't work out that way. Um, so that's why it seems a little weird that I've been promoting a magazine for the last couple months and haven't had the community yet. Um, it, it just, the way that progress fell, uh, we wanted to get an issue of the magazine out before the PRI show in December. And that's why that happened the way it did. So the subscription was always meant to include more than just the magazine. We just didn't have the other piece finished. So now we do. The community on the magic platform is done. Um, I'm putting some content in it over the course of uh, this next few days. And then uh, we are going to be able to um, open it up on Monday. And all of you that are subscribed to the magazine currently We'll just get this added to your subscription. It won't be, you, you won't pay any more money. Um, and if you want this content, which this show would be part of that mix, um, 
then you need to subscribe. It's $29.95 a year, and we are going to give you a lot of content for that. Um, the quarterly magazine, the the community, um, we're going to do a lot of interviews, a lot of different things, and we've got some really cool contests that we're going to start um, in the second quarter or maybe before if we can get things lined out here, but we're planning um, April, April 2nd. Cause if I say April 1st, you'll all think I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, April 2nd, we're going to launch a really cool giveaway in the subscriber area. Um, a, a, an opportunity to be, um, part of a big event. And so that's something that's coming. Um, but we're also going to do, uh, we do have a free community on magic as well. You will not see, uh, the same content you see in the subscriber area, but we will have a free community there. It will be kind of, um, you know, if you want to just see what, what magic's about and see um, kind of how it looks and then whatever. And then once you're in the free community, if you want to subscribe, you can. Um, but I, I will tell you that you will, you will have some shows in there. This will not be one of them. We are going to put this first episode in there just as a courtesy preview for everybody. But um, as we go forward, um, it will only be a subscriber show. So, um, we're asking you to subscribe. It is $29.95 a year. You can go to steeringwillnation.com and pull the trigger, um, and do that. And, uh, you know, obviously we, um, we're trying to, trying to do some things that are pretty ambitious. And, uh, one of the advantages, as I said, for me, not, uh, being tied up with the WKA duties, like I thought I was going to be is that now um, there's more opportunity for me to repurpose that time um, just to attend some races and also just to do some more content, period. And so that will benefit um, those of you who are in our behind the the wall, as we're calling it, um, subscriber area. Um, and again, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. We've got the opportunity to do some stuff that's historical in nature, and we are, uh, we're going to do that. So, um, I hope that you've enjoyed this first episode of CartCast and that, you know, now that you understand kind of my background a little bit and, and where I come from with regard to why it is so important to me to want to, um, make some real change and, and become sort of a, um, an equalizing force as much as one person can, um, through the partnerships that we have to be, to, to bring and, and, and introduce ways, um, to get sponsorship and to be more marketable that have not been, um, present before. And also to, um, you know, to, to just tell some of the great stories that are going on every day in our sport. Um, you know, and especially in carding cause it badly needs the content. Um, but we need your support. It's, it's that simple. I need you guys both through advertising and also through subscriptions. I need the support, um, not out to, to, to make a million bucks here. That is not my goal. Um, I am out to be able to successfully, uh, operate these media entities and, and to be able to help, um, the sport grow and succeed through our efforts and even make an impact, um, you know, in the communities around us too. So, um, with that, uh, we will close this first episode of CartCast, And again, we'll be back next week with a second episode 
of Kurt Cast. Hope that you all enjoy this. Feel free to, when you see it on social media, feel free to leave comments. Um, if you want to contact me directly, um, Tom at steeringwellnation.com will get you to me, Tom at steeringwellnation.com. Um, but uh, we hope that you enjoy this and uh, we'll be available um, in our subscriber area. This first issue is a courtesy. We're putting, putting it out for free. We haven't opened the community yet. So um, first issue's free and we may make next week's free as well. But, um, but uh, from, from starting with issue three, uh, it's going to be the full issue is going to be available only in our subscriber area. So if you want to, um, if you want, if you want to, to have it, we need you to subscribe. We're not trying to, to, you know, beat you over the head for, for money, but 30 bucks a year is two fifty a month. And we're going to give you a lot for that. So thank you all for joining us on this first issue of CartCast, And we hope that, um, you will continue to enjoy this. Look forward to your feedback. Have a blessed day, everyone. And uh, look for episode two in about a week's time after this is published. Uh, as Kurt Cast kind of gets off the ground here um, for 2023 and beyond. Have a great day, everyone. I'm Tom Baker. So long. <laughs>